It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Reaction for Celtic Motherwell with a Celtic State of Mind. Uh, my name's Laura Bradburn. I'm joined by Lawrence Connolly. How you doing, Lawrence, after that 90 minutes? Relieved. Happy. Uh, you, you, you know, threadbare squad. One nil's never comfortable, is it? You, you know, they're always in it. But, but we missed a good few chances in that. You know, I wouldn't say it was... I think we've had a few games like that. We've had loads of chances, but only maybe 10, one or two of them. Today was just another one where we're not take convert my chances so mm-hmm. good to see it hopefully James is okay you, you know we move on it's Ross County Wednesday night but yeah it, we're dead in our feet by the end of it weren't we you know if you're attacking subs bring on Tony and push Juranovic further forward 
Mm-hmm. It, it just kind of shows we don't have a lot of options at the moment. Uh, we are joined, obviously, not just by Lawrence, but by Stephen from Endless Celts, who joins us now. How are you doing, Stephen? How was that second half for you? Topsy turvy, a stab start, wasn't it? To be honest, it was just one of them games. We grinded out, we got the win and got the three points, and that's all that counts on the Ross County on Wednesday night. Yeah, just about. Um, Lawrence, there was two or three chances uh, very, very quickly after the second half started each of which we could have taken and, and really saw the game off pretty quickly. I would say that's a, a kind of running feature of our games at the moment as we are creating the chances. No bother, it's taking them. That seems to be the issue, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, we should, you know, the first 10 minutes of that second half should definitely have been at least two up. Yeah. You know, I think when you don't get a second goal, the other team know they're still in it, don't they? Uh, they just need a wee bit of luck and they can pull it back. But, you know, Bathrepia, but it's three points. That's all we were asking about. The game gets the three points. Uh, some well-worked moves from the training ground, even if the ref doesn't understand some of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, come on, ref. <laughs> uh, it, was, it, was a bit, it was a bit of a strange one, that one. I think David Turnbull's kind of looking at him, though, as going as though, do you actually know the rules? It's like, it was so weird. It was so weird. Um. Stephen, I'm going to take the opportunity just because uh, I have been harsh on him in recent weeks, but Mikey Johnston, again, before he came off uh, for for Ralston, I think it was, um, mm-hmm. uh, had a, a a decent second half, a couple of good chances, a, a good shot and a good header that sprang to mind. Do you think he's just short in confidence and that's it? Do you see him slightly becoming on the road back to, to the Mikey Johnston that we, we, we knew before? Well, I hope he's not injured, first and foremost, going off for Ralston. Let's hope it's not an injury. But, I mean, I don't want to be obviously getting ahead of myself. Mickey Johnson, there's no doubt in the talent that he has. It's all about him putting the consistent run of games together. And if he's took off because of an injury, then there, there's another breakdown in terms of his fitness. But he did play well when he was on. He'd come on, obviously. Um, I thought his header, his header was a good one. Obviously, a good save by Liam Kelly. He he, he laid on, he played the ball simple. He very rarely took on his man, but that, that's what I'm used to seeing Johnson doing: taking a player on, eliminating the player, getting in the box and getting the shot off himself. I think uh, Lawrence alluded to the fact when he first broke through, that's the kind of thing he was doing. He does seem short of confidence. He seems like a lacking a wee yard of pace as well. I don't know if that comes to fitness in a run of games, but I do hope he comes good with Celtic. But I think times does run out for him. That's me being honest. Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it, Lawrence? Because it's one of those situations where we're perhaps giving him a lot more um, breaks and a lot more chances than we would if he was, you know, a 23, 24-year-old player from a, from another country. I don't even think he's that old, actually, to be honest. Um, is time running out for him or is there enough in that performance today? I think there might have been enough in that performance today to suggest that there's there's still some kind of future here for him. Listen, I think it was a better performance than his last one, potentially, mm. but that's areas of the park we're looking at strengthening. So, you know, become giant, it could be taken out his hands. We could be buying players from those positions. And then it's mm. going to be harder for him to get minutes again. But where we are just now, he's just got to look to Tony Ralston and go, well, look, there's not a lot of players there. I should be starting. I just need to take the opportunities presented to me. That header, I thought he was unlucky with. You know, decent header, mm-hmm. a couple of shots. Sub was a bit surprising for me, you know, to shove your Aranovich further forward. I thought maybe Hendo on, you mm. know, Henderson on for, for Johnson if Johnson was struggling at the time. 
and maybe even Tony on for Juranovic because Juranovic had a few slack balls today. But you know, the last 10 15 minutes were that's been Ange has been doing his triple triple sub thing, you know, he gives a bit of freshness and we just didn't have it on the bench to do that, did we? We didn't have that, you know, that's when the compression things up and, and keep the tempo going. Was that affected by the lack of noise in the ground? I don't know. There was a bit of singing now and again. I think some of the fans tried it in the last 10 minutes. Just to, You could see the team was... Yeah. It was, was knackered. We tend to go, didn't they? You know, they're trying to lift them. But it's three points. You know, yeah. Sometimes yeah. you get games like this when you don't take the chances. The main thing is getting the three points. That that really is the main thing, and we'll go on to the singing issue a little bit later on, which I do want to get your guys' opinions on. Um, Alex Shund on... Uh, YouTube says whoever comes in in January had better be able to put the ball in the net um, and also made another comment uh, earlier just sort of saying Rogic was a was a handful on his own. He certainly was that. Um, Stephen, what did you make of, of Rogic's performance? Obviously playing a slightly unusual role for him, slightly further forward with a little bit more responsibility in an attacking sense. Did he, did he pull that off for you today? I think he's just he's a dancer and a, and a footballer's top, isn't he? He's he's fantastic when he when, when he gets the the ball to his feet. There's three players around him, but the time there was a point in the second half, four players chose him down. He took the ball away from him. That's the type of player he is. Obviously, he doesn't have the blister and pace to play up front like Kyogo. We all know that, but he did his job. I think effectively, he laid the ball on. He brought players into play to come into the box and things like that. There was one chance in the second half he should have scored for me. He he does kind of try to flash it across the goal instead of putting his foot for it that would have been a cracking team goal Tom Rodzik he was out the door wasn't he under Lenny he wasn't really yeah. there to be seen he, there was rumours he was going to Qatar for £4 million or whatever the, the quota fee was at that time but I'm just so glad that Anz Postacoglu's come in and, and revitalised him because what a player Tom Rodzik is and when he plays like that for Celtic he's unplayable in my opinion yeah, he absolutely is. If we talk about players and their future at the club and and all that kind of thing, and and maybe being premature to write them off, I guess I guess Lawrence uh, Rogic has a case study for why you shouldn't write a player off if the if the circumstances are right, if the coaching's right, if the environment's right, they can they can be made to show their full potential. Some might argue Rogic is having one of his best seasons in a Celtic shirt. I think so. It's probably more coincidences what with Ange before, you know. Mm. I think pre-season he wasn't getting a lot of games, but you know we, we had a chat about it on here and said, "Well, Ange doesn't really need to see what Tom Rogic's got. He, he knows him better than all the rest of the players in the squad." You know, he's now, you know, he's now a ninety-minute player. Hmm. <laughs> he's always yeah. had that skill. I think it comes from his futsal days, but now he's been able to put in ninety-minute performances, which which is brilliant for us, uh, especially when we, we, we don't have any other options to bring on. <laughs> you, you, you know, but yeah, but look at his performance. He could have had a hat trick today. You know, you, you know, you, you might yeah. be looking at him going, actually, that boy should really, have, you know, he scored one, but he should have had another couple. Yeah. But it's three points. Well, you know, another game closer to the, the transfer window opening and hopefully addressing some of the squad's shortcomings. That is certainly something we need to get to. And until we get to then, it is about grinding out the results, I think, especially with the injuries we're facing. That That's the top and bottom of it, isn't it, Stephen? That, Today was not a glamorous victory. You would argue it's certain parts of the second half. It really wasn't a very fun game to watch. But at the end of the day, we've come away with the three points and that's all that matters, really. Well, winning winning, and winning the points and winning the league, that's what Celtic need to do. They need to keep up this kind of momentum. Obviously, we all want Celtic to play their free-flow and fast football that Postacoglu likes to play. But in these games, Motherwell came to 
the stifles. They were strong. They were physical. I mean, every part of that pitch, they were thrown in tackles left, right and centre. And I think the referee kept his cards in his pockets for a few, but we already discussed that. But I mean, like <sighs> these type of games is the games last season we would have failed seeing out. We're seeing out games now, which is, is good to see. The back four, I like seeing it because it looks like the first choice back four going forward. I think mm. Lawrence is right to point out Juranovic did make some sloppy decisions. But again, he was playing the left basically all his Saturday career up until the last couple of games. So he's probably again getting used to another position playing that in front of the fullback road. I think all in all, Laura, like the three points is most important. The glamorous football will come. I, I can see it. It just needs to click again and we'll be we'll be ripping teams apart like we were the early early part of the season. But just for now, keep the winning going, keep the pressure on them at the top of the table and then come into the game in the 2nd of January hopefully we're in touch the distance of them Yeah I think that's I think you've both summed it up really well there it's just a case of you know if we come out of, of December with more more victories than draws or losses and and we're sitting still within touching distance at the top of the table and the title at the end of the season nobody's going to be looking back saying I bet they were boring games or whatever it's, it's about getting those points um, something else I wanted to move on to pretty quickly, um, just because I think it's a discussion that needs to be had, is um, the protests that are going on with certain fan groups um, around the potential appointment of Bernard Higgins. Now, I don't think anybody in this chat or anybody on this show needs reminded why those protests are happening. Um, there's obviously a lot of dissatisfaction. That's probably a, a mild word to use for the potential appointment um, of, of this person to to Celtic and and the role that they may undertake, given their history with them bringing in laws against football fans in Scotland. Um, if any of you haven't been aware, the last couple of games, uh, some of the fan groups have been staging what they've called a silent protest, where they are not singing or, or not leading the singing in, in the stadium, um, and that happened again today. Um, Lawrence, I'll come to you first on it. Um, first of all, I, I don't think anybody's in disagreement about the need for the board to be made aware of, of Celtic fans' dis- dissatisfaction with the, the potential appointment. But where do you stand on the, the method of, of, of protest and, and how it's being carried out? Oh, you know, I, I remember, uh, you know, the 90s where it was, you know, back the team, sack the board. And this... Mm. I think is not on message with that slogan. I think it'd be better if we could keep on message with that slogan. But, you know, there were some fans that were singing there. I suppose, you know, fans can make that, you know, if you don't, if you want to back the protest, you don't make noise. But if you want to, I don't think it's anti-protest if you want to sing. Maybe you just want to back the team and that's why you're singing. It's mm-hmm. as long as the fans kind of don't start turning on each other and having a go for not singing or singing, you know, it, as much as they're allowed to make a process, other people are allowed to sing it back to the team. So, you know, the word in the street is that Higgins isn't coming now. So, that, have a process, the protest necessarily. I don't know. Celtic aren't very good at communicating to fans, are they? It's, it's poor. The, the board could come out and make it clear. If he's not coming now, just come out and make that clear. Uh, and I think that would probably stop the, the, the protest. Whether they would fully engage the fans with the board, I doubt. But at least it would stop this, and it, it, it's a needless distraction for me at this this time of the year, especially you know, threadbare squad, injury crisis, really hectic schedule of games. Mm-hmm. We need to take full points every game. Mm. Do, do we need this on top of it? Could they have another way of protesting? Without doubt. But you know, th- th- this is the way they want to protest. They've got to be free to protest. I don't think the government's made it illegal yet to protest, but. Uh, 
I'm not too sure the, the Celtic board would want to make it illegal to protest in the stadium. But yeah, you know, you know, they feel aggrieved, and I think it's just a the board really need to communicate with the fans. If he's not coming, just come out and say it. It would just diffuse the situation, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it, I think it would do a lot to diffuse the situation. Obviously, there's probably reasons why or why not they're choosing to make that that statement, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons behind that. Paul Cockwell, uh, who I think is a hippie, if I remember correctly, says, "I'll join in sunshine on Leith at the Cup final." You know something. I, I, I'm not a Hibs fan by any stretch of the imagination, but outside Celtic songs, I think that's probably about the best song sung by any fan base in, in I, football. So I heard you were singing it, Jonah, a cup final a few years back. <laughs> <laughs> not supposed to, you're not supposed to reveal these things live on air, Lawrence, but I'll, I'll let you away with it. Um, Stephen, it's, it's, it's a good point that Lawrence brings up and something I totally agree with is I don't have a problem with the manner of the the protest in terms of that it's a peaceful protest as long as nobody's doing anything silly that that that's all right in my book where I do have a problem is um those people who have previously agreed to that protest uh suggesting that other people should join in on it or other people should affect the way that they take in the game because of it where where's your feelings a on the the protest and the need for it and b how it's being carried out well, I mean, this stems back the, the Celtic the Celtic board silence is, is quite a thing that we're all used to now. I mean, it stems back years, but more recently, Dominic McKay left. We barely got enough in that situation. Michael Michael Nicholson has been the the acting CEO, but apparently permanent CEO again. Silence from him as well, and then this uh, Bernard Higgins thing is one that that puts the cherry on top of the cake, doesn't it? Really, I mean, the silence from the Celtic board is a thing that I have a major issue with. And, if the, I mean, if the supporters groups want to get involved in the protest, by all means do it. Everyone has the right to voice an opinion or otherwise be quiet on an opinion. I mean, you look at you look at it, you can see it on the pitch. You can't see it. You can, there, there's, no, there's no singing that you're used to from the fans. There's no big chorus from, from supporters on all sections. If one section starts singing, it lasts for about 10 seconds, then it drops off. But for me, this is, this is the board's fault. This all falls on them. At the end of the day, the Celtic fans should be involved in decision-making within the club, I think, because they put their money in. They pay their hard-earned money every year, back them with season tickets, back them with merchandise sales. We put money into that club year in, year out. And the fact that the board can't come out, to say, as Lawrence says, I totally agree with it, and say, look, this isn't happening, and announce an appointment of someone else. That's all that needs to happen. Or just say that the recruitment process is still ongoing, but this person's not being considered, even don't allude to his name. Something like that, something simple. Lauren. And what bothers me the most as well, when Celtic supporters get awards, who's the first to come out and praise them? The Celtic board. And they take full credit for it. But when Celtic fans want answers and stuff, it's silence. And for me, that's that shouldn't be happening at a football club like Celtic. No, I, I totally agree with what you're saying there. I think uh, I think there needs to be a bit more cohesion between the board and the fans and, and, and sort of communication there, which we've all been banging on about for, it feels like, forever now. Um, Brian Walsh comes in on YouTube, says it might be a peaceful protest, but the silence plays into the opposition's hands. Um, it's clueless stuff from fans groups protest outside the ground. The board won't comment on speculation. It's an interesting thing, Lawrence, because I, I do agree with that. I'm saying I'm saying that on the one hand, I don't have a problem with the protest because it's peaceful. That's the only way in which I don't have a problem with it. I, I do believe you should be able to sing. I do believe you should be able to back the team if you want to do that. Do you think that by not singing, the fans groups are playing into the opposition's hands? Do you think we're giving them an advantage should the protest be kept for outside of the 90 minutes? Was it that? 
we talk about you know being the the twelfth man about the, the extra energy we give players on the pitch, so we can't have it that way. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. And then see, oh, being silent is an effect. And I think it's definitely having an effect. It's not that we are choose to protest, but others are, you know, it's a peaceful protest. They're free to choose how they want to protest. For me, I think, you know, when the players are on the pitch, you should be packing them 100%. Mm-hmm. Anything you can do to help them, you should. I'm not going to get up. Listen, if you've chosen a peaceful protest that doesn't agree with my way of protesting, you know, that's still fine. That That's the way they want to protest. But, you know, it, it does come down to Celtic Board just being able to come out and, and kind of clarify what the situation's like. Uh, you, you know, the, the, the team, I think we're ahead of where we expect it to be at this point in the season under a new manager, under the rebuild, to have something like this distracting from it. There's no positives for anyone in it, I don't think. So I'd rather have found another way, but, you know, they're free to choose if that's the way they want to protest. It wouldn't be the way I would choose to. What I would have a problem with is if some people are singing and people want to shout at them for singing, you're like, well, it's your decision to stay silent. And, and conversely, if people are staying silent, people are giving them abuse for staying silent. They're like, well, no, they don't need to sing. It's, it's when it starts kind of being a problem between fans and the ground, it's, it's really bad. But, yeah, I, I think it's having an effect on the team. But we still managed to get three points. And, and, and hopefully, although I don't much hold out much hope for the Celtic board, hopefully they can come up with some kind of resolution. I know the fans group have said, look, we'll call it off if we can have a meeting meet them halfway or, or just make the statement because you, you know the rumours are going around that he's going to UEFA now he's you know he's not coming to Celtic so if he's not coming to Celtic surely the board can see normally we don't comp- uh, you know, comment speculation but at this point it's having an adverse effect on the team let's just clear this up I think that's the thing, isn't it, Stephen? We, we don't know the legalities behind, you know, why they will or won't make a statement, but they don't need to address anybody specifically when they make the statement. Yeah. They could just they could just come out and say, I don't know, any any speculation over appointments to, to Celtic uh, are, are unfounded or something a, a bit of that nature. I think doing that, like, like Lauren says, it's all in their hands. They could immediately kill off all these protests for, for better or worse within two minutes. Yeah, I 100% agree with you there. And another thing as well, we always praise Postacoglu's effect and separate the football matters from what's going on upstairs. But the unfortunate thing is, as Lawrence alluded to, if this keeps continuing and these protests keep going, it will seep into the football side of things because it does affect the team. I'm not saying, like I said earlier, they can protest whatever they want, sign a protest, but I think Lawrence is right. If other fans start singing, don't be shouting them down. At, at the end of the day, we're all supporting Celtic Football Club. The boards should see this, and they, they should be like, this is a fact and everything around it. Just come out, and as you said, Laura, don't mention his name specifically. Just be like, all speculations surrounding an appointment is untrue. We're not we're not close to an appointment. We're continuing to search, blah, blah, blah. Case closed. And if he's going to the EFA, even better. But the clarification from Celtic's board needs to come out. Otherwise, these protests are going to continue week in, week out. 
Yeah, it seems for the foreseeable future anyway that that may be the case. And uh, regardless of what happens going forward, we just hope that Celtic fans, uh, young or old, are able to uh, go to games and celebrate their team in whatever way they see fit, whether it's uh, uh, under the view of other Celtic fans or other organisations. Looking at the games coming up, um, Lawrence, we've got a very tricky sort of... Not not necessarily tricky, but just kind of inconvenient trip up to Dingwall in the middle of this week to play Ross County. Um, with an already threadbare squad, do you see having to do that travelling and, and all that kind of stuff having an adverse effect on us? I think we're used to it. The way it's going to affect us adversely is what we can do in the training park, let's be honest. You know, you've got a couple of days out travelling. We're probably not going to be doing too much field contact in the training park, but the amount of injuries we've got, we just can't risk anything. So maybe more work on set pieces. Perhaps get the refs in and say, look, see if he touches it outside of the arc. That's the ball <laughs> play, right? This is how that works at the corners. So that's something we've worked on in training. So if it happens during the game and it's within the rules, just kind of let's get on with it. I don't know. But yeah, it's just nuts, isn't it? But yeah, it's inconvenient, but it's, it's major that we get three points here, you know. Three points sets us up well for the cup final. Uh, cup final should take care of itself. It's a big occasion. But, you know, um, if Ange gets his first trophy as Celtic manager in the bag, it'll be great. Very much like Wim Janssen, you know, with the Coca-Cola Cup there uh, over at Poundland uh, that season. So, yeah, be amazing. You're absolutely on fire, Lawrence, today. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, Stephen, it's, it is a big week for us. Listen, I... I a, Ross, a game against Ross County is never a given, but you would hope that we're going to come out of that with three points to set us up going into the to the cup final on a positive, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, I mean, and is it um, usually it's the game, but don't worry about. It. I think Ross County usually takes care of itself, whether it's in Celtic Park or Dingwall. But it's just the injuries, isn't it, Laura? You, you don't know yeah. who you're going to play, who's going to start. Forrest has come off. What way is that going to affect? If Johnson took a knock, then we're a game. We're literally down to bones of the squad. You're talking Henderson coming in or a batter playing through the middle. That That's all going to change again. It's a game that, for this run of fixtures, I can't accept anything less than a victory. I think we need to keep the momentum going. We need to keep winning. And if we drop off and lose a couple of points here and there, then the other team's going to take advantage of it. I mean, that's the way it looks at the minute. So we need to keep our side of things going and not rely on other fixtures to see us through. That That's the key thing for me. The cup final, as Lawrence said, it's a big occasion. Hamden, Postacog lose first time at winning the trophy for Celtic. I think it should take care of itself. I'm confident for that game, but I mean, the Ross County one, it could be a potential banana skin, but you have to remain positive and hopefully go up there and claim all three points. Yeah, I think it's it's a must win for us. The only thing that does annoy me about it is it's such a long way to travel and you don't know what the weather's going to be like and all that kind of thing. So it's going to be an interesting one. I think if we come out of out of that with three points, it's going to mean a little bit more than any normal three points against Ross County does, especially like you say, with the with the threadbare squad that we've got at the moment. Hopefully James Forrest's uh, apparent injury uh, won't be as serious as it first appeared. Um, uh, and hopefully, even if it does, Mikey Johnson can continue on his upward trajectory after today. Um, looking ahead at the cup final, Lawrence, um, Ange is no stranger to cup finals. He's, he's a successful manager. He's won trophies elsewhere, not least at international level with with Australia. Do you, do you see him... This is maybe a silly question. Do you see him changing his approach whatsoever for the final, or is he going to just play the way Ange plays? 
I said, there's no silly questions, only silly answers. So <laughs> well, go for, it, go for it. <laughs> have a chat with Fran Alonso, who's just won the cup. But, but, Absolutely. Team, who won 7 0 today. And <laughs> say, you know, Fran, you know, we, we, any advice about that? I, I do take this in his stride. He's come out and said that he's not going to change his philosophy. He needs a result every week. And this is his best way of getting the result. And I, I think it's in the squad we touched on at half time. Even though we didn't have you know, a recognised strike in the pack, we could still see the team's identity. We could still see the pressing. Where it got a bit harder was the last 15 minutes when there was a lot of tired bodies out there and we didn't have enough on the bench to, to freshen things up like we'd want to. I, just, I honestly thought, you know, if Johnson's off because of an injury, you know, maybe Ralston on and Henderson, you know, take Granovic off. But, but saying that, and the first kind of couple of minutes, Randwich put across a cracking ball. So, what, what, what do I know? <laughs> no, he it it, it did look good, and I always think he does look good in the attacking positions. Stephen, I'll ask you as well. I mean, the, the, the final is a bit of a strange one. I've still never really got used to these December Cup finals. Um, they're, they're, I mean, they're a welcome surprise. Obviously, uh, took the last year's one in with Lawrence and with Paul John on the, the charity weekender, and that was... That was a bit of history in Celtic's uh, in Celtic's books. What do you see for us uh, against Hibs at Hamden on uh, on the weekend? Is it going to be a tight affair? Do you think, or do you think if we stick to what we're doing, uh, obviously taking into account injuries, can we, can we win this quite comfortably? Well, first of all, the only the only kind of bugbear I have that we're going to be a game behind in the league, which puts us further behind if, if the other team takes advantage of it in terms of a points total but the game itself against Hibs I mean I like Celtic playing at Hamden I think Bertie all summed it up perfectly saying it was like a training ground they've played there so many times and it, and it's kind, of, it's kind of still the case isn't it obviously winning the quadruple treble that kind of thing but I mean getting into the game regardless of injuries I, I expect it to be an open game of both sides I mean I know they sacked Jack Ross but I don't think they're going to kind of drastically change the way they play and they like they like try and play a ball from the back through the middle through the lines and obviously if Doys and all playing as a physical presence up front I expect goals but I do expect Sally to come away with a victory comfortable if I had to make an early prediction now I'd be like 4-2 4-1 that type of thing I know me and Lawrence's predictions today were so far off the mark it was crazy but that does go with me on that one I, I, like, going, I like going to Hamden I think the pitch is big it suits us wide players especially the midfield Rogers can take advantage of the spaces so all in all expecting a really good game yeah, I don't think you're ever far off the mark uh, predicting a, a high-scoring match with Ange. I think today was a was an exception, but yeah, I think a four-one-four-two could be on the cards against Hibs, and I'm I'm willing to go with that. Um, to close out the the coverage today, just wanted to take the last few minutes to talk a little bit about another successful Celtic manager. That was Ronnie Dyla, who we spoke about earlier on in the match coverage. Uh, if you missed it or any of the extremely graphic videos on Twitter over the last 24 hours, uh, he uh, he won the MLS Cup for New York City FC, which I believe was their first major trophy. Um, he was very emotional about it. Um, he obviously had some bets that he had to um, cash in uh, on, the, on that front. Um Stephen, I'll come back to you first on this one before I come to Lawrence. Um, Ronnie's time at Celtic wasn't, you know, it wasn't absolutely outstanding on the pitch, but he still won trophies for us. He's still remembered very fondly. And um, what are your memories of his time at Celtic and, and what he's gone on to achieve uh, in I New mean, York? 
I took the rally. I, I know, obviously, at the time the, the league was weaker and stuff, and he should have took advantage of maybe when the treble and stuff like that. And obviously, the Rangers, Rangers game comes to mind in terms of the things that kind of went, went wrong from the Celtic. But he won two league titles. Uh, was it Scottish Cup or, or League Cup? It's, forgive me if I forget that one. But I mean, for, for me, he. Rogers came in and he alluded to the fact that he laid lots of the groundwork for him in terms of fitness, that type of thing. He he laid all that kind of framework for him. And Ronnie and the fans had a connection, much like much like we see with Anz at the minute. And look at the connection now. It's probably even stronger than ever. He doesn't even manage Celtic Football Club. <laughs> and it just points to it just, it just points to the fact that he he remains in my eyes a good Celtic manager, as you say. It wasn't brilliant all the time, but he he still came away with two league titles. He's went the the New York and by all accounts he's won their first major trophy ever wasn't it there yeah I think so, so yeah and alongside assistant manager Efwin Yares the Neil Lennon side the Mexican guy so I mean there's a Celtic connection there and it's it's brilliant to see he was crying at the end of the game and he still does the Ronnie Roar which I think he kind of made over here at the Aberdeen game when he went up to the fans that day it was, it, I don't get the whole thing and what annoyed me I woke up this morning and I seen a, a newspaper headline basically alluding Ronnie's ripped the, the Celtic wrongs right by winning this trophy with New York. And I was like, what are you talking about? He won two league, <laughs> two, two league, two league championships with Celtic, do you know what I mean? Albeit that he wasn't a, one of our best managers in history, but he's still done it. And by the way, some of them players that played under him went on under Rogers to play final roles and the season's come to head. So I have really good memories of Ronnie. Yeah, absolutely. So that, you know, it was one of those situations a bit like Ange where... You just like him as a person. You just like how he represents the football club, and I think that over everything uh, uh, was vital. Um, I have to say, I'm a bit uh, heart sore at the Ronnie Roar getting um, performed. Oh. It's a little bit like seeing your ex boyfriend take their new girlfriend to a restaurant that they used to take you to. Do you know what I mean? But uh, we'll not go into that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Never far away for that, Lawrence. Fair enough. Um, what was what was your remember, memories, Lawrence, of of Ronnie and and what's his legacy at Celtic? Why do you think he's held in such high esteem by fans to this day? I, th- I think we could all agree he should have won a treble if it wasn't for uh, yeah. I, I don't know what was a three assistant linesman or something at that time, and, <laughs> and we were all sighted but simultaneously blinking when the ball was handled uh, or some, some such reason, but. Is it? Put the groundwork in. We've got McGregor. We had Tierney for a while. He was willing to give young players a chance. He put a system in. And I, I think the main reason it doesn't work, a lot of the, the pros that like to have chips rather than a proper diet kind of turned against yeah. him, which was the main thing that went ahead against him. So, yeah, I've got fond memories of Rory as a coach. The fact that he started to give young boys a chance again, something that we hadn't really seen young boys come through and being successful. Uh, Steve's touched on it. You know, Roger said he was lucky because we only had to add a few good players because the groundwork had been put in for him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's no exaggeration to say either that a lot of the work that that Brendan was able to do was built on on what Ronnie had done as mm-hmm. well. So it's it's all um it's all all uh, sort of melding into one. And the, the Celtic also, connection uh, strange. Sorry, Steve. If, if, if not mistaken, it was Ronnie that signed Dembele on a pre-contract in January, wasn't it, from Fulham? I think so, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So, so, there you so go. he knows a player is what we're saying, exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Celtic connection with Efrain Juarez is, is great as well. Obviously, didn't make a, much of an impact on, on the pitch, but again, 
seems to have fallen in love with the club and have it in his blood, as so many excels do. Um, but we're going to leave it there anyway. We will be back um, for the usual match bulletin, uh, sorry, uh, weekly bulletins uh, from 12.30 every weekday on Axom. Um, Stephen, thanks for joining us. You're on Endless Celts. Where can people find and listen to your podcast and when does it come out? Well, it comes out every Tuesday and Friday. We record on the Monday and Thursday. Find us on YouTube. We're video night like this. We used to be audio, but we move up the world like you guys. Um, Endless Celts podcast, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. That's where you find us. Endless Celts podcast. S- simple and easy, Laura. I don't know about you, but I think our viewing figures took a hit when people started seeing our faces, but, you know. That's like dark in my room. They're not afflicted that way. But remember, the fundraising's still on for St Mary's. The parish they gave us Celtic and a bit of uh, fiscal trouble, so there's auction items on mm-hmm. eBay. Have a look at them. Give what you can, uh, and hopefully they can help uh, Canon White and St Mary's out. Absolutely. Totally seconded on that. Thank you for reminding everybody that, Lawrence. That it is all still there for you to bid on. Remember, it all goes to such a good cause uh, for, for, a, for a parish and a, a church that helps so many in their community as well as needing a little bit of extra help to keep their own doors open. Um, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. Another Celtic victory. On to the next one. And we will see you again on Monday for the Bulletin. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.